This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Somebody shout Jesus. I didn't say say it. I didn't say mutter it. I didn't say whisper it. I didn't say mention it. I said shout the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you excited to be in service this evening? All right, I don't see excitement. You know, you know, there are signs of joy, right? For example, laughter is a sign of joy. <laughs> Singing is a sound, sign of joy, right? Jumping is a sign of joy. Dancing is a sign of joy. Shouting is a sign of joy. I want you to do something. You're going to shout. You're going to dance. You're going to sing. Any special song, don't worry about the what, whether you're singing treble, tenor, soprano, superano, anyone. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. You're going to shout, sing, jump, and scream for joy. One, two, let's go. Woo! Hallelujah! <laughs> Why don't you laugh for joy? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you know the Bible says, the Bible says, he that seated in heaven shall laugh. The response of the individual who understands they are seated with Christ in heaven is laughter. Regardless of what the circumstances. You see, that is one dimension. Another dimension is looking into the future, looking into the month of May. And knowing that you have two options, to win or to win. To be victorious or to be victorious. So you laugh. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. You see, looking at the year 2023, you're looking at the remaining months of the year, and you know that in the month of May, the grace necessary to propel you higher than any circumstance that is before you has landed upon you in a very heavy way. So what do you do? Ha 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 ha! <laughs> Hallelujah! Praise God forevermore! Hallelujah! Are you glad to be in service this evening? It's not another Wednesday evening. It's a time to encounter God in a very special way. Can you welcome someone to service? And thank you, thank you very much. And you may take your seats. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. How many of us were in service on Sunday? Any of the services? Have you seen the messages of the service you were not around for? In case you only attended one or two. Amen? If you've not, you should. Praise God. And you know, Monday morning, um, we had a special time of prayers with Pastor. How many of us watched the broadcast and soaked in everything that God brought our way? Now, if you've not, it's on our YouTube channel, it's on, I mean, Instagram, it's on anything, social media that we have. So you can go back. It's for the month of May, right? And you know, the word of God never expires. Praise the Lord. And I know you'll be tremendously blessed. Praise God. Well, I want to thank Pastor, my father. Thank you so much, sir, for the opportunity to share God's word with God's people this evening. Um, very briefly about 15 minutes thereabout, I want to just share a thought with us. Um, you know, there are lots of things jamming on my inside. I'll share just one with us that I feel led to share. In 1914, History has it that World War I happened. Now, of course, according to history, there have been World War I, World War II. I believe there is World War III, but it's, it's a different kind of battle. <laughs> it's economic in nature, nature. Now, World War I happened in 1914. And what a lot of people do not know is that It is said that about 9 million civilians died from World War I. About 5 million soldiers died from World War I. And about 25 million people were injured severely from World War I. If you add 25 plus 5 plus 9, that tells you, gives you an idea of the casualties. Um, that World War I produced. And you must remember that this was 1914. So there is a huge likelihood that there happened to be lots of data lost. It was the numbers they could account for that they told us were the numbers of those who got negatively impacted from World War I. And this is excluding all of the things that happened to the economies of the world, the poverty, and the deaths that came as a result of the poverty, and lots of other things negatively that happened globally by virtue of World War I. But it is interesting that when you go to read how World War I happened, I mean, lots of events, but there was one that was extremely significant. It was the death of a particular man by the name Ferdinand. He was Austrian by origin, and what had happened was that Ferdinand was tipped to take over Austria, and um, at that time, the Austrian nation 
were dominating a set of people called the Bosnians. So the Bosnians felt that, you know, if we kill Ferdinand, who is supposed to take over <laughs> from the ruler of Austria, maybe it would pave the way for our freedom. So the Bosnians pulled together a set of what they called six assassins, six people who were lethal in killing people, got them together and sent them on a secret mission to go into Austria and kill Ferdinand. Now, when these six assassins got to Austria, all they needed to do, which most assassins would do, study the movement of Ferdinand. And they discovered a particular road that he usually would take whenever he was going to the office, going around. So they set an ambush in that particular road that when Ferdinand was coming, they were going to attack his motorcade, kill him and anybody that was with him. The goal was to kill Ferdinand. Now, when Ferdinand's motorcade was approaching, the first line of action was for somebody to throw a grenade. You know, I mean, if you've seen movies, or you've even seen what happens to most of our dignitaries in, in Nigeria, they move in a motorcade. So the, uh, the, the aides are in front, they will be somewhere in between, then there will be people at the back, right? Now, so they threw this grenade, and the grenade blew the first vehicle that was in front. Two of Ferdinand's aides died instantly. But the drivers of the motorcade, you know, they were very skilled, so they escaped. They found a way, you know, through an escape. So the six assassins failed, technically. They succeeded in killing two aides, who were inconsequential to what their mission was supposed to be. So these six assassins gathered and said, well, since he now knows that people want to kill him, I mean, he will beef up security around himself. So they decided that, you know, we'll just return back to Bosnia and tell them that the mission failed. Follow my story. Now, as these six assassins were on their way, they decided that, you know, for no reason, that, you see, rather than following, there were two paths to Bosnia. So they decided, you know, rather than following the popular path to Bosnia, we would follow the unpopular path. And we would just go, and as they were walking, they were thinking about, ah, what would we tell the people who sent us on this very interesting mission? Now, Ferdinand at this time had escaped. They had rushed his two aides to the hospital, trying to see if they could salvage their lives. And then Ferdinand decided to go to the hospital to visit these aides to see if they were still, if there was anything that could be done to them. Of course, there was nothing. So they decided that, you know, okay, I mean, they are dead, so let's go back. And for no reason, till today, nobody knows why. <laughs> As Ferdinand's motorcade was heading back to his house, he just decided, and he told them, he said, oh, wait, 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 you know, rather than us following this path, you know, let's follow this other path. <laughs> and guess what, people of God? That path that he said let them follow was the path that the six assassins were for just walking on and thinking, looking dejected and thinking about what they would tell. They just turned back and said, ah, is that not the guy we're trying to kill? And they, of course, what did they do? They shot at his motorcade, killed him, killed his wife, 
killed everybody with him. And that was one of the critical events that sparked off World War I. Question. Why did Ferdinand decide that the path that the assassins were passing through was going to be the path that he would go through? For no reason. Till today, they cannot understand it. But I have an answer, and I have a theory that I believe is accurate. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12 from verses 1. The Bible says, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. Now, the truth is this. Every thought is always coming from somewhere. Every action is a product of a thought. If you stop the thought, you can stop the action. But how do thoughts come? How do the thoughts that Herod should attack the church. Where did the thoughts come from? This man was sitting in his house. He had no business. He had just forgotten about the church. But the Bible tells us that now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand. He took an action to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Verse 3. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of the unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four continents of soldiers, 16 soldiers, to guard one man, to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Where did the thought to kill James come from? Of course, we all know the answer, isn't it? Where did the thought come from? What? Talk to me. What? You are correct. What? <laughs> it's not a trick question. <laughs> Where did the thought come from? What? Satan. Okay. I agree with you. Satan, the devil, anyone. <laughs> but definitely not from God. Because this was an attack on God's agenda and God's plan. Isn't it? And then when he saw that killing James pleased everybody, the Bible tells us that he said, ah, okay, let me get Peter also. Why didn't he think of getting Peter all this while? <laughs> Where did the thoughts to kill Peter also come from? And he went and captured Peter, and he put Peter in prison, and put 16 soldiers to guard him, that he will kill him after Easter. And then the Bible tells us that something was done for Peter that was not done for James. The Bible says, verse 5, Peter therefore was kept in the prison, but prayer, somebody say, but prayer, was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Why didn't the church also pray for James? <laughs> they caught James. 
They were about to kill James. And if you understand Bible history, James was a significant member of the church in Jerusalem. They caught him. They were about to kill him. It didn't occur to the church to pray for James. Maybe people were running about saying, hey, oh, they've caught James. Oh, do you, have you heard? Ah, hey, James is gone. Hey. But nobody prayed for James. But the Bible says, when they caught Peter, ah, they said, <laughs> but prayer. All of a sudden, the church woke up. Said, ah, we have to pray for this one. Otherwise, this guy will kill Peter the way he killed James. With all the anointing that James carried, nobody prayed for him and he was killed. And Peter needed prayers to be saved. The Bible says in verse 6, and when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night, somebody said the same night, Peter was sleeping. Even Peter that they caught was sleeping. <laughs> I don't know inside this guy and Jonah who was, who was. He was sleeping and he knew they were going to kill him. But maybe he also knew something. <laughs> maybe he also knew something. The Bible says... The same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. And the keepers there before the door kept the prison. And behold, somebody say, behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. Ah! So this kind of power was available when they caught James. But nobody prayed. It is prayer that made this power available. It was prayer that got the angels to work. The angels were looking and saying, hey, church, pray. And James was beheaded. When it was Peter's turn and the church started to pray, the Bible says all of a sudden, from nowhere, same night, angels were dispatched. They got chains fell off. And then the Bible tells us the story. And he went out and followed him and wished not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. And I mean, you can read it on. Bottom line, Peter was delivered. Do we have a power, a secret weapon, that when we engage, stops every fiery dart of the enemy causes the right kinds of thoughts to be planted in the minds of people of influence and the kind of power that stops the negative kinds of thoughts from prospering in the lives of individuals but our lives and lives of people we love oh yes prayer is not an activity that we fulfill religiously. Prayer is actually a secret weapon of the saints. What prayer does is that it engages the entire power of heaven and brings it to bear on a particular situation. Saints, prayer is a powerful weapon. A very powerful weapon. Very powerful weapon. As a matter of fact, I have discovered it is not the size of your Bible 
that saves you in the day of trouble. You know, I, I don't know about you. When I was growing up, <laughs> my mom used to open Psalms 91. She put, <laughs> she opened Psalms 91 in the Bible, put it on top of your head as you sleep. Ah, you see, it was the mercy of God, those saints. Because the devil will come and slap you, close the Bible, <laughs> use the Bible to read your head. <laughs> because that's not what brings the answer. Praise God. It's not the size of the Bible. I mean, I heard, <laughs> I heard this very interesting story. It was told by one of um, I mean, senior um, friends, you could call him. He said that there was a day they were trying to cast out a demon. They were in a fellowship, and they were casting out the demon, casting out the demon, cast, and the demon would not go. They were saying, Jesus didn't go. The demon was just ready to go. And while they were doing all of that, that all of a sudden, one brother entered with this big Bible. And as the brother entered with the big Bible, I, you know, he said that the demon just, ah, ah, <laughs> is it me? I can't be, <laughs> say, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Saints, those things happen in movies. Oh. <laughs> it is not the big Bible. It is what you do with the word in the Bible that makes things to work. Amen? And see, it is not enough to read the Bible. It is not enough to only declare the Bible. It is important to pray the Bible. Because as you begin to read the book of Acts, you begin to read how the children, I mean the apostles rather, and the church would take the word of God and pray the word of God to God. And God would respond with answers. There was a time they caught them. They said, don't go preaching in the name of Jesus anymore. And the Bible says these guys went, gathered, and they said, ah, they quoted Psalms 2. They said, ah, that, I mean, they were quoting Psalms 2 verbatim. This same verse, chapter where we read, I mean, he that sits in the heavens shall laugh. They said, the people of there, they imagine a vain thing. Ah, it says, against the Lord and his anointed. And as they were quoting the Bible, the Bible says the place where they were started to shake. <laughs> oh my God. This was power being made available. What am I trying to say? You see, the situations that you are facing is not as powerful as World War I. And you also have the ability to shape the things happening in Lagos, in cities, in countries. Because all that happens and says, listen to me, I tell you a secret, a very powerful secret. All that happens when somebody is selling a wrong idea is that a thought, the devil sows a thought into their minds. And then they act on that thought. And that thought brings a lot of evil to society. It can be legislators coming together to formulate a satanic policy. Do you know that if some people gather in Nigeria today and they say, you know what, we are shutting down all worship houses in the next two months. Do you know that? What will we start to do? We'll start to pray, isn't it? Right? What's going to be the hope that our prayers will be answered? Of course, we have the word of God to do that. But do you also know the same way a negative thought like that can come into the minds of somebody? The same way a negative thought can come into the mind of an MD. That this person, I don't just like the person. Whenever I see this person, 
something I don't do. Please, can you fire this person? And you are wondering, and you are a Christian. You are wondering, why the persecution? That is the same way positive thoughts can be coming into people's minds. Say, you, I don't know, I just like you. Say, I don't know. Out of all the shops on this street, I just like to shop in that particular shop. That is the same way you, somebody can be sleeping in the night and your, your name is the one coming to their mind. And they wake up and they say, I don't know. I just want to bless you. I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? He said, you are the one I want to bless. He said, I've been thinking about you all night. Can you send me your account number? That is the same way. You see, there is a God that controls thoughts. The same way the devil walks primarily through set, sowing negative thoughts in the minds of people. I want you to also understand <laughs> that God also specializes in sowing positive thoughts in the minds of people about each other. Thoughts. But you see, in the place of prayer, we direct and redirect thoughts. We wade off negative thoughts. And we implant positive thoughts into the minds of people. We call it favor. Thoughts that you are the one I want to do good to. You are the one I want to bless. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Esther, as I close, that the king could not sleep. I mean, he was trying to sleep and he could not sleep. And the only thing, I don't know how, you see, since this thing is so powerful, though, the only thing that occurred to the king to do was to say, bring me the book of remembrance. Why didn't the king say, you know, go and give me wine, let me drink and sleep? Why didn't the king think about anything else? Why was it the book of remembrance that he thought about? Some people were praying, saints. So the thought <laughs> had to be sown. And he said, bring me the book of remembrance. And as he read it, and it's going, ah, we've not honored Mordecai for what he did. And then he acted on it. Why did the king not think about anything else? Since you must understand that as believers, we have certain privileges and rights that are beyond the norm. One of it is the ability through prayer to channel thoughts into the minds of people. So the Bible says it this way. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. He turneth it wheresoever he wills. It is prayer <laughs> that makes God channel it in your direction. Amen? Amen? Saints, prayer is powerful. Very powerful. Now, as I close, we're going to be taking the communion very soon. Pastor said something very powerful about the month of May. That this month will be our month of favor. Do you, do you remember? Do you remember? You know, the Bible tells us that, you see, you should not despise prophesying. Right? And you see, you take those prophecies and you war with them. <laughs> you war with them. You war with them. Saints, how will these favors start happening? By pastor's declaration over us. Just discover that people, positive thoughts are just sown in the minds of people. People who just want to do you good. 
they will say, you know, we do not promote people. No, every year, we promote people every three, three years. But we don't know why. I am not, I'm talking as one who has experienced these things. Got into a company and they said it would take a minimum, a minimum of about four to five years for anybody to be promoted from managing consultant to senior managing consultant. I did it in one year. And when it was happening, my MD said, I don't know why, but I have told them that you must be promoted. And that, you know, I, I mean, hey, when your MD looks at you and says, Joshua, in my mind, you've been promoted. It is yours for you to lose. <laughs> and then, all the other partners enter into the meeting and they said, Joshua said, ah, but this is against our policy. Oh. But we'll do it for him. We'll do it for him. Yes, we agree. We'll do it for him. We'll do it. And let me also tell you the big thing. Then they made another policy that that year, they were not promoting anybody in the business. Said, but we'll promote Joshua. Only him. So I was the only one in the entire company that they promoted. So to make it look good, they said it was an appointment. Appointment or promotion, no. As long as salary increase, name change. Well, call it anything you want. It's your cup of tea. <laughs> what makes these things happen? They are not accidental. Though. Prophecy has gone forth. As you go forth in this month. You know, this is the fifth month. You know, five is the month of grace. This is the number of grace. As you go forth in this month. I want you to expect those things. If you can, which I am doing, if you can, go and get the mercy encounters again. Get Sunday service and be playing it to yourself. Get the prayer for mercy moments. Play it to yourself again. And so that as you go, you are conscious of these things. You are conscious of it. So that when it happens, when other people say it's luck, you say it's not luck. <laughs> it's the blessing at work. This is how people in the kingdom move from one level to another this is how we experience a quantum leap can you rise up on your feet this evening you see i want you to do something that you've never done before and i'm very deliberate about saying it that way you've never done before i want you to pray that father in the name of jesus I decree and I declare that you begin to plant positive thoughts about me in the minds of people all around. All around. That is what they call goodwill. <laughs> don't look at me. Or don't, so, I mean, this is, the, this is between you and God. You know, they said the, the secret of men are in their stories. What I taught you this night is a very powerful principle. When men start to do things for you, they, do, they don't need to know why. <laughs> they don't need to know why. Head of a man of God, somebody walked up to him, said, I don't know. He said, I hate preachers, but I've always felt every time I see you on TV that I should give you one million dollars. So take the check of one million dollars. I still hate preachers anyway. And he walks away. Well, who cares? <laughs> David 
Desata la rabrocos coton de lerebra. Andale rigrahande zefro hosgete la rabahandele. Ribrahande zefro coscoton de lereba. Ha! Ricaton de lereba. Wherever, wherever my destiny helpers are, wherever they are, Lord, begin to plant the thoughts of my name in their hearts. Wherever they are. Makatan de lereba. And you can also rebuke every negative thought that the devil is sowing in the hearts and the minds of people where you are concerned. People will do you good. Only every satanic and evil thought will rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Only positive thoughts. Thoughts of promotion, thoughts of progress, thoughts of blessings. This is how people get jobs. You've submitted CV here and there and here and there. All that God needs to do is for your name and something about you to cross the mind of someone in authority. And that is all. Seen where people have done the same things accidentally that somebody else did and got fired. But when it comes to their case, they exempt them. Just like the king could not sleep. People are thinking about doing me good from every angle and everywhere. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you, are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.